Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us, and we are going to chat about it. My name is Jay Kyle Mann. I have a website. I have a website called uh, a dweeb site uh, called The Dime Drop, and I'm joined per use by. Oh, yeah, Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. He is daydreaming out there in center field picking daisies, folks. I introduce myself. Yeah. You have to do that. People need to know. They want to know. They want to hear your voice. You're just your uh, dulcet tones, Kyle Tucker. How you doing on this uh, on this fine uh, evening? Sunday evening, as we're recording, pretty uh-huh. good. Took the kids to the pumpkin patch today on the the uh, brisk fall ninety three degree degree uh, afternoon, <laughs> but uh, it was still a good time. I saw cool. the uh, the. Time sl- of year. The slide. Uh, some of the some of the videos Kyle's, Kyle was sending me were pretty funny. The pig races that were that were moderated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, free advertisement. It's uh, Eckert's Farm, I think. I think or Eckert's Orchard uh, in Versailles. It is awesome. Like uh, you have to pay, and you and the kids have to pay uh, to get in. But they have like all. I was like shocked by all the stuff they have. I mean, it's like an amu- It's like a like it's like a farm amusement park. Um, it was awesome. We spent like three hours there with the kids and they had a, had a big time. They got a huge slide where you use the burlap sacks to, as your like slide device. That's what I was going to ask that black like slide. Was it like surface of the sun hot? I'm sure it was, but it was, uh, (laughs) yeah, it was just like made out of like tubing or whatever. Because your daughter had a look on her face like it wasn't she wouldn't having the most fun, but I, she <laughs> yeah. kind of mean mugs a lot though, right? Is she her? does, yeah. Okay. She's the she's the stone faced killer in yeah. the group, but yeah, they got hay rides and all kinds of cool stuff for kids to climb on. We had a good time. There was something I forgot to make fun of you about that I was just thinking of, uh, folks. You should know something about the eating habits of Kyle Tucker. Uh, <laughs> this is a grown man that went to a restaurant and ordered a skillet of macaroni and cheese, and that was his meal. Some people will probably pat you on the back for that. What? But. What kind of what kind of grown man has an aversion to macaroni and cheese? I, it's not your meal. You don't order it as your meal. There's another buffalo mac and cheese. It had it had buffalo fried chicken in it. I don't That's know. That's a whole meal. Uh, just, do you have any self-respect? That's just what no, I'm wondering. Not much. Not when uh, it comes to eating. I mean, okay. <laughs> time out. <laughs> time out. Time to go to the text messages from like 12 minutes ago. There was another UK writer that got the exact same thing. I won't name who <laughs> that it was. That toasted John cheddar chalupa looks good AF. That's what you texted me. I would never so, use language like so, that. That sounds so, doctored. So, so I my macaroni and cheese is a discredit to my adulthood, but you can't wait to eat the toasted cheddar chalupa. I drank like a 24-ounce craft beer, too, at the same time, which is the equivalent of eating anything. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I just wanted to give yeah, you a well, little bit of crap on that. Yeah. But we did finally, as you're listening, we did uh, record an episode in person. Kyle, J. Kyle, man, came to Lexington, and we have something that we'll... we'll uh, Publish later this week one of the episodes instead of doing one. We're de- uh, we're delaying the pain though. We, we I, do, you know I'm sure everybody is sort of like feeling mixed. You know like yes they want to talk about this but also that was that was a miserable thing that happened on Saturday. Kentucky goes down to Mississippi State. Oh the football State. game. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Yes. Yes. Uh, the final score. I actually don't have the final score in front of me. Twenty-eight to I thirteen. St- stop paying attention. <laughs> Twenty-eight to thirteen. Well, I mean. Uh, hovering above that uh shit show of a game sorry pardon my language i mean what's 
what 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 were your main takeaways from that just egg that Kentucky laid? Yeah, I mean there there's a lot of them. Um you know, I think just sort of the 30,000 foot view to me about what you take away from that game is one uh Sawyer Smith is I mean still does some things that are promising, but is, his his decision making is now officially a concern. Um, and his accuracy in some instances. He suffered some from some major drops. That's another takeaway. We dive into it more as we get go along in this episode. But you know, Lynn Bowden is a star, but he's got to be the star all the time. And he had some. He had two just critical drops in that game. Um, Wagner missed on some that he had. Yeah, the, been the Wagner the Wagner mythology took a little bit of a hit. He did have a nice catch, and he did draw another flag in the end zone. But they threw to him three other times in the end zone, and he didn't come down with them. One was was Sawyer Smith just overthrowing him. Uh, another one was a deep ball that he had both his hands on. You got to come. It was a tough catch, falling backward, but you got to come up with that. Um, and he's Smith, made tougher cas- catches. Sawyer hit the crossbar on a throw to Keaton Upshaw at one point. A ball that was totally catchable. Yeah. He could have thrown it. Yeah. I mean, Upshaw's had, a big dude. Like they so, had, they had three. They had three touchdowns. Maybe four, but certainly three, three throws to the end zone that that should have been completed. He overthrew Keaton Upshaw, just sailed it. I mean, sailed it, and he was open. Upshaw um, had a look had a look on his face like, "Are you serious?" Like, I'm a big was, guy, but not that big. It was just such a man. Yeah, he overthrew him. I think I'm pretty sure he overthrew Bowden in the in the like that well, ten to fifteen yard range too, didn't he? Like, well, just, uh, maybe, but Bowden he had one that he hit him on the deep ball, hit him in the hands, and he didn't. It would again tough catch would have been a tough catch, but it hit him in both hands at the goal line would have would have fallen into the end zone for a touchdown. Wagner had the one. Uh, there was another two Wagner that he overshot. Um, they, I mean, for all the flaws, they were in position several times. Um, and as poorly as they played to start the game, they were in position several times to, to, to close and have a chance. Um, and so, you know, the decision-making to me was a big one for, for Sawyer Smith. He opens the game with a pick six. It was just a horrible interception. Um, and then the other, the other big takeaway uh, defense is something we can talk about too, but the other big takeaway is that the kicking situation is now at emergency levels. Let's uh, let's save the kicking game. I think there's a little more. I mean, with the with the offensive, that's a whole whole can of worms to open. Uh, with the the offensive line, I mean, wasn't it, its best day. They've been really no, good, but no, not in pass protection. And that, like, to me, maybe you disagree with this, but to me, like that's another question. Like they were run blocking fine and they were running fine. Uh, one of the things you come away from this again, like you did late in the Florida game is, is the coaching choices being made on offense. Um, AJ Rose had the, the, was having the game of his life. He had nine carries for 105 yards, almost 12 yards a carry. But to repeat that for people, in case you missed the first part, nine carries. I mean, why did he only have nine carries and smoke had 10? So your two running backs who are very good, who combined have about 600 yards and, we're, and we're together. Great for day. The, yeah. For the season, they're both averaging five, almost five and a half yards a carry. Plus they only get 19 carries total between them. And you let Sawyer Smith throw 40 some passes. I think it was 41 passes. So, and a lot of strikes like they went for it, which, you know, you Kentucky fans had in the past wanted to see a little more of that aggressiveness, but it was just sort of an odd time to choose to do it, especially with 
Sawyer just not playing well. And, I, I and was you're not getting too, blown out. At no point, the other thing, too. Yeah, like, it was within. I mean, reasonable. well, they were initially getting blown out 21 to 3, but once you kind of close that, that gap. They didn't score it's, again until the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gets to 21 13, and for, you know, for a whole nother quarter, they're slinging the ball around. It, it was just. A little strange to me. There was uh, there were there were a lot of bad snaps too. I felt like I mean so one of them, you know, Sawyer's ball security has been a little bit weird catching snaps. But there was there was one that was kind of low into the side that he ended up yeah. having to fall on, or I think smoke fell on it too. And it was just you know just a lot of just blown opportunities some, like that. Some yeah. sloppy play. I mean you know, and the offensive line is supposed to be one of their strengths. Those are veteran guys. You know, another so it is a little uncharacteristic to see Drake Jackson, and some of that just may be a communication thing, a comfort thing, because those guys. I mean, one of the big areas where you see a guy that just showed up on campus two months ago stepping in and playing quarterback full time is maybe there are some communication issues, like the the Wagner play looked like Wagner uh, ran a post and Smith threw the fade. You know, so maybe there are still some some timing issues there, um, but also just some discipline things. May, that may be the case with Drake Jackson on those snaps, but it certainly is the case. Uh, now I'm just completely blanking on the left guard's uh, name, and he's their best offensive lineman. Uh, uh, you're talking about Stenberg? Or yeah, Logan talking, yeah. Stenberg. He has been uh, a penalty machine. I mean, the guy cannot stop doing silly things, and I don't understand that. He's their best, probably their best NFL prospect. And... You know he's a road grader when he when he's playing the right way, but he just makes he makes some mistakes that you you are as they pile up they become sort of baffling. Yeah, and so uh, I guess I guess the broad way to say this is like for as cohesive and just sort of well oiled as they often looked as an offense last year, and and part of that is because they can lean on Benny Snell. They look equally as kind of discombobulated and out of sorts across the board this year. And it's you know it isn't one guy. That's that's the alarming thing. It's not one guy. It's a bunch of guys making mistakes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, we'll continue that talk uh, about that Mississippi State game and unpack some more of that. There's plenty more. First, I want to tell you guys about Buffalo Trace Distillery. Uh, Saturday would have been a good time to pop open a bottle and <laughs> pour a few <laughs> drink tasty <the> drinks. <laughs> drink it all uh, with friends at Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery. You're going to see 200 years of masterful bourbon-making action uh, in, in history in action. Actually, come to Buffalo Trace and smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses, and hear the tales of bourbon legends like Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee, and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. At Buffalo Distillery, they offer six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round like the popular Trace Tour. Oh, baby. Or see Bourbon Pompeii and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. And if you mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, you are going to get 10% off merchandise at the gift shop. So go and check that out. So we talked a little bit about uh, you know the offense struggled, uh, had their chances. You know, Really, you just want to have... The least you could ask is just to have chances. And then if you convert on those chances, that's good. But Mississippi State is an average 
to below average SEC team, I would say, this year. Most people would probably feel that way. And Kentucky just – I had no confidence that they were going to convert. Even <laughs> even when they got in the red zone, it was getting to the point where they'd get all the way into the red – they were horrible in the red zone Saturday. Just horrible. And it just could not seem to convert. Uh, I, had more, I had more confidence when they were more in that, like, 50 to 35-yard range that they could score than they were in the red zone. It yeah, seemed you like have they, a, a better chance of throwing a bomb and coming down with it. Yeah, yeah. But the, the defense was, was rough. Uh, something that I noticed right off the gate uh, – out, out of the gate, off the gate, off the bat uh, – and we talked a ton about this was over and over again, don't let one loss become two. They come out, their body language is horrible. I have some kind of hypotheses on why that might be, and you can agree or disagree with this, but they were just sluggish. Slow and open field. Missed, missed sacks were one of the biggest things in the game that were just backbreaking because they would get all the way into the backfield and just could not catch uh, the Mississippi State quarterback who ended up having a great day. Yeah, I mean, you've got a freshman quarterback stepping in for an injured senior, and he puts up 180 passing and 125 rushing. Of course he does. Of course uh, you know, he does. And, and some of that's a little misleading because it all came at the end. But it's not misleading because it, it mattered, and, and it, it happened when they were trying to give themselves still a chance at the end. They they get the quarter the freshman quarterback in third down and like four, maybe it was third and seven, either way. He rips off what like a fifty nine yard run. Wasn't there like a third <laughs> and seventeen much, yeah. that he converted? They converted to? a third and seventeen late. There was a there was another play where they they go on a corner blitz with Jamari Brown and he completely whiffs and he the quarterback takes off and runs twelve yards instead. Um, it was just a you know they they get basically they got a dose of their own medicine. It was like Benny Snell style from Kylan Hill, the running back who leads the SEC in rushing. Uh, he had 120 rushing yards, three it felt touchdowns. felt like 320. Yeah, it was just yeah. I mean, they, they bottled him it. up a few times, and that's why that it's not more. There were, you know, a handful of times they did bottle him up, but then the rest of the time it was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten yards. Um, you know, and he scored three times. So he, he's, he's as good as advertised. I mean, he's over 100 rushing yards every game this season now. Um, 551 yards in four games. He's a really good running back. He may have replaced Benny Snell as sort of the rugged back of the league. Um, couldn't stop him. Couldn't couldn't corral. Couldn't get to uh, the freshman quarterback. I think that was a disappointing thing for the defense. Um, let him sit back. And he didn't. He didn't really hurt him bad. 180 passing yards, but he just. You know, they played that soft zone, and there's always one guy sitting wide open, you know, 12 to 15 mm-hmm. yards down the field, and he just kind of picked them apart, same as the backup quarterback for Florida did. It's always uh, going to be there. It's going to be 70, there. He completed 77% of his passes yeah. in that game against Kentucky. Um, you know, I, that I was to- all a little bit alarming. But then I'll say, you know, the one thing I'll say is they kind of – they kind of gave themselves a chance by a couple turnovers, well, one big interception. I mean, they got down to the end of the game. It was still 21-13. Uh, and if not for a couple missed field goals, Kentucky's right in that thing. Well, I was kind of wondering about, you know, we, we, we've talked about this that – I was I was saying this too that like whenever a team seems like they're not doing quite what they should it almost makes it always makes me wonder if there's some kind of chemistry issue going on that just yeah. kind of is a trope within sports that I've come to believe and um Kentucky obviously has had some odd 
PR situations with their leadership. You know, we talked a lot about Cash Daniel, mm-hmm. TJ Carter. You know, he was out because of uh, targeting from the second half of that Florida game. But you kind of wonder if those guys coming in sort of, you know, every every company reacts to how their CEO acts and and, right. and the leadership trickles down. So it's like w- when they didn't have their a lot some of their leaders out there on defense. I kind of wondered if if uh, that that made a big difference because you're right they did they gave themselves a chance and they started to kind of get into a little bit of a rhythm in the second half. Uh, going into halftime, it was twenty one three, right? Yep. And yeah, then, it was twenty one three, and they got it to twenty one thirteen, and it and and so many chances to get it closer. Um, but I do, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, early on, for one, you spot them a touchdown that wasn't the defense's fault on that pick six right out of the gate. But um, Cash Daniel is really notable. Uh, we talked so much about this on last week, and, and it's I want to say now, Mark Stoops finally, not finally, ultimately uh, did the right thing. I think in the Cash Daniel situation, he took away his captainship. He was not one of the captains out at the coin toss, and he did not start him. And I think he sat the whole first quarter, maybe a little more than the first quarter. Uh, eventually came back in. Of course, as soon as he gets back in the game, he gets he's out of position and gives up a big play. <laughs> yeah, um, little eager, you know, probably kind of let the team down a little bit. I think in the last week, um, for a guy who wants to stand up and be the leader of that group. Uh, he's got to do better uh, in every way. And so, you know, I and Stoops said after the game, after that second view came out, basically there, it kind of changed kind of changed things about in terms of what they were going to do about it. So good, good on him for doing that because that's a big game, and obviously it hurts you, you know, right out of the gate. You're missing him. You're missing T.J. Carter um, in that first half. But I'll say they got better in the second half, and, and I'm impressed with Brad White. I do think he's a really, really good coach. The defensive coordinator, and for you know all the areas that he's kind of you know got trying to plug leaks in that defense, I thought he he did a really nice job in that second half, and they they were competent uh, defensively and gave and gave gave the offense a chance to come back and win the game. Um, and they just <laughs> like are we going to talk about kicking now? Or are we going to wait till the third segment? We can go ahead and take a break now. We're close enough. Let's do it because because that is <laughs> that is a thing that just it is like I said it is now DefCon five. So it came down to a kicking again. Now I I, I feel so bad for Chance Poor again. Yeah, like it's it's getting to the point where. Okay, go ahead. You you had a, you had a lot of thoughts on this. I'll I'll just jump in. Well, I mean, it's not really to like to pile on or anything. It's just. Um, it's just shocking how bad the situation is for them. And it's very, very, very problematic. I mean, they went from Austin McGinnis, who was just absolutely automatic and you, you always knew could hit the big kick. I mean, he beat Mississippi state with a 50 some yard field goal uh, a couple years ago. Um, He's money. You know, he, yeah, uh, he just, he was such a, probably underappreciated guy. Maybe he wasn't underappreciated. I know a lot of people were big fans of his, but um, but now when you see what they have and you see how important this is, you can't like you cannot say focus on offense and defense and get to a bad spot uh, with your kicking game. And now I don't necessarily fault Kentucky. This kid was a highly rated I, I can't remember, but he was like one of the top ten kickers in the country if I remember correctly. Uh, you know how, however accurate kicking recruiting rankings. Are. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. How do you? But even? probably <laughs> you'd probably be. They probably in most cases would be better than other positions because it's a it's 
it's not like, oh, well, he played bad competition. You can either kick or you can't, you know. Yeah. And I guess if you evaluate, and I think most of the people that rank these kickers are people who are coaching them all in camps, and all the best kickers in the country are in these camps. But uh, Chance Poor is now three of seven this season. He missed that late win against Florida, which may have won him the game, and it wasn't a you know outrageously long field goal. Uh, and then he missed two more just critical. Yeah, he was ranked the 13th uh, best kicker in the country coming out of high school. Um, just critical misses in the Mississippi State game that would have changed the complexion of everything. I mean, if you know, you hit them both, it's uh, 21-19, right? Mm-hmm. So then you've got then you're within a field goal. And you know, uh, you play defense, you can get the ball back and and have another shot to win. Um, it it just they shot themselves in the foot a lot on offense. They should have scored touchdowns anyway and not left it up to the to the field goal kicker. But we're to the point now where they they just can't trust him. And I, Stoops did say he got banged up. But they he got run into on the last miss, and that was the part of the reason that the Matt Ruffalo, who if you knew he was on the team, then you're a step ahead of me because I did not. <laughs> the one the one where the, he got hit. That's is that a legit excuse? Because I, watching that, I mean, it didn't even he hit him well after the yeah, ball. He, was sta- he, he stayed down for a while. So, um, but you know, but Stoops also did say it was probably time to make a change anyway. Uh, and I probably you can take probably out of it. They had to do something. He's got the yips now, man. It's just like it's yeah. such a mental position. They yeah. they all are. They all are mental yeah. positions. But it's but like, it's it's golf. I mean, and kicking is golf. And once you get a once you get that in your head you know it's it takes some sometimes you just got to leave the, leave it for a while and, and get your head right um and so they went to matt ruffalo who apparently is a distant cousin of mark ruffalo or nephew is he or really yeah apparently um, i didn't know that <laughs> uh, he made it he made his one kick 29 yarder but that doesn't tell us much i mean that's basically an extra point um that's probably better than chance poor was going to do at that point in terms of where he was mentally but in terms of What's next for the rest of the season? I don't know. I I, I cannot imagine putting Chance Poor back on the field in in a situation in where an it important matters, game. You know? Yeah, how could you? How could you feel good uh, about it? It was to the point where Kentucky should just go all four downs. Like it, yes. it was that. It was that. And really, in that game, they should have done it anyway. I mean, yeah. where, where they were, but um, it's a real problem. And so when you put all these things together, they have they have a Real concern about the decision-making of their quarterback because in two SEC games now, Sawyer Smith is at 50% completion with two touchdowns and four interceptions and a fumble lost. Not great. Uh, And then on defense, you've got a real question mark, a real question mark in the secondary um, where your coach is essentially having to coach around your weaknesses. And And then you don't have a reliable field goal kicker. You've got a you've got a major concern in all three phases of the game. Where, where are your givens? You know, yeah. that's kind of what you talk about. We we discussed that before. It's like when you go into any situation evaluating a team, it's like where are the givens on Kentucky's team now? Well, to I mean, me, uh, what it is, to me, what it is, is almost kind of what forced them into showing what Benny Snell could do three four years ago. They they were in a bad way at, at quarterback. You know, we Drew Barker was falling apart. We didn't know anything yet about Steven Johnson, and they just put the ball in Benny Snell's belly and went with it. 
uh, I guess it was Benny and Boom initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me, Rose and Smoke are good running backs, and your offensive line is better at run blocking than pass blocking right now. Here it's we are. Time, it, Here time. we are. Back it's, to Stoops. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's time to play, you know. In, and when you're worried about your defense, just try to control the clock. It's going to be boring as hell. They're going to have to grind them out. But the way the path to winning is not to let Sawyer Smith throw the ball 40 times a game. Not right mm-hmm. now. Not till he gets. Not till he gets uh, proves that he's better at taking care of the football. Um, give it to those running backs. I mean, something good happens most of the time, and so uh, I think that's the way to go. And you know, one thing we didn't visit that I want to hit on before we go. Lynn Bowden now third in the SEC with 27 catches. He's seventh in the league with 330 yards receiving. He's second in the SEC at 139 all-purpose yards per game. He had a, a if you just look on its face, he had 210 all-purpose yards against Mississippi State. 37 rushing, 129 it's so receiving, 44 return yards, and he made two of the biggest mistakes of the game. He could be playing. That's what's so crazy is you, as you're rattling all that stuff off. I was like that is wild to hear because it, he can play better. He can play yeah. so much better. He, in every game this season, he's put up solid to very good numbers and left a bunch on the table. In like every easy game. plays. Every like not, game. Not like pulling stuff out of his ass. Yeah. Like He could just make the plays that are available to yes. him, not not miraculous home runs, and he could be putting up like historic numbers. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he dropped like a 50-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, you know, he did. And he had 129 receiving anyway. Um, and he's got to know it. Like he's got to play better. And I'll credit him because he made most of those mistakes early. And when they really needed it late, he was making plays. Um, but you're not in dire situations late if you if you take care of business early. So uh, that's another thing. And then just kind of spinning it forward. Here <laughs> we've we've dumped a lot of bad news on people. Here's the good news. Uh, after they've lost two in a row, the next two are absolutely winnable. South Carolina on the road seemed like a really tough game. They're one and three right now, and they got just the hell beat out of them by Missouri on Saturday. Uh, that freshman quarterback made some some rough mistakes, including did you see the play, the crazy play that the the Helinski, the freshman, where he who, threw it and he tipped it back and it went, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it got tipped back to him, and and so he just thought it was incomplete at that point, even though he caught it, and so then he just threw the ball on the ground, but it was a fumble, and it was because a fumble, he caught it, yeah, yeah and it, like in his own end zone. Uh, so they got kind of waxed. That that doesn't look nearly as intimidating as it did. And Arkansas is horrific and coming off a loss to San Jose State on Saturday. So Oy. you've got two games to get right. I mean, you win these next two and you're fine. Uh, it's you're, true. You're four and two. Uh, you've righted the ship. Now then comes mighty Georgia. Um, which, which is, is gulp. T- terrifying a huge gulp yeah. that's a big gulp sponsored by <laughs> big, big gulp hopefully <laughs> yeah. if you want send us an email locked on uk at gmail.com but, but uh yeah there's like we said you know they didn't give if if we're gonna find a way to be positive and turn the frown upside down i think that like we said they had chances they were almost there at the end of the game. Maybe some tweaks in philosophy. Maybe some of these guys start picking up, catching some, bringing in some of these balls that they should. Sawyer starts to dial it in a little bit. His health, I'm still not totally convinced of either. But you know, they. It's a long season, like we talked about. People, people can forget. People can forget about some of these these turds that that, that teams can lay throughout <laughs> the season, and. Uh, well, Stoops' teams have done it before. They've played oh, yeah. really shaky early and gotten it together. 
and and they played a lot shakier than this. That's the thing. You know, we're talking about all these mistakes they've made, and they had a field goal in the air in the final minute to beat Florida, and they they absolutely should have been within a field goal in the final few minutes against Mississippi State. Um, and as it was, they were within a touchdown until until the very very end. Yeah, and um, the season that everybody feels good about, you know, the the season where they went on the road to beat Lamar Jackson's te- Heisman team, or well, post it was the year. No, that was his Heisman year. Yeah, it was year and he won. and uh, they all run together, and then you know beat Mississippi State. People forget that that year was pretty tenuous too. Like that was so. That was when Stoops was very much on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you know we uh, the expectations have gone up a little bit for Kentucky football. So. Uh, you know, if you want to be big boys and, and move up, you got to you got to take some of the criticism, but you also got to step up and and start to correct some of these e- these fixable things. You know, it's like it's not like they got out talented. You know, yesterday it was just really all just execution. It was execution. That's all it was Saturday, and they just didn't do it. They looked sluggish, and uh, yeah, hopefully they can bounce back and beat. I, they really got to beat South Carolina. I mean, it's there's going to be a stink in the air yeah. if they don't. Yeah, you got to win these next two because you know there's a loss coming in Athens. I mean, you know, you can say, oh, that's why they play the games. Yeah. They're losing to Georgia and Athens, so you better get these two wins while you can get them, and so you can leave that whatever happens in in the Georgia game going we're fine you know we got through the first half of the season with a winning record it's all downhill from here but if you lose either if you lose either one of these next two then i think it's time to start mashing that panic button a little bit well you should mash the subscribe button to this podcast and follow me on twitter at j kyle man and follow kyle at kyle tucker underscore ath subscribe to the athletic uh you know go ahead and just put some money in his pocket and feed his children and uh (laughs) you know what give us a review and uh hit us up and say hey we will be back at you tomorrow and uh hopefully you can uh enjoy some buffalo trace and and uh Get over it, right? Let's move on as a, as a, as a as a big blue nation. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Later. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts. Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.